Thanks for tuning into the Jesus Affirms Me podcast, affectionately known as The Jam. My name is Audrey and I'm your host. I invite you to click the subscribe button if you haven't already done so, do it now. And also follow the Jesus Affirms Me page on Instagram at Jesus Affirms Me. I can't wait to connect with you. Welcome, enjoy the show, and remember that Jesus loves you. Welcome back to our love series. Today's episode is titled Love Worth the Wait. And I'm so excited to be joined by a really great couple who trusted God and remained abstinent until they married each other. I've had the pleasure of knowing and meeting these two people in church community and have been friends with them for about six or so years now. Joining me on today's episode is Daniel and Morel Noel. Um, a little bit about the two of them. So Daniel and Morel both grew up in Florida and met at Gospel Fellowship. They are both Haitian-American. Morel works as a school counselor by day, but loves to write and sing by night. She is a singer, y'all, okay? Uh, Daniel is an engineer with more hobbies than he has time to do. His hobbies include fishing, hunting, soccer, learning about apologetics, and more. They both love Jesus and hope to leave a legacy of love faithfulness and fruitfulness in their community because of God's work in them. Welcome to the show, Daniel and Morel. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Audrey. <laughs> How are y'all doing? We're doing well. It's It's been a long Sunday, but it's good. We're happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Glad to hear it. All right. So I, you know, talk very broadly about the two of you, but uh, what else can the, the listeners know about you? What more do you want to share with them? Um, that I'm kind of nervous about this uh, interview, but <laughs> um, I'm, I think on the outside, I might look like a very extroverted person, but I'm, I'm a little bit introverted. And so that's something that they might not know about me. Um, and like you said, I love to sing and, and write. Um, I'm also picking up a new hobby, hopefully soon. So I've been trying to get into roller skating. Ooh. <laughs> I, I got a helmet and knee pads and elbow pads and I still don't have skates. Okay. Because during the pandemic, everybody bought them. And so I'm waiting for skates to get into to stock. So that's something new that I'm going to be trying in the near future. <laughs> that's pretty cool because yeah. I actually started uh, learning, like I'm trying to teach myself how to skate by watching YouTube videos. Oh, and um, like, yeah, but you're right about the skates being out of stock. So I ended up borrowing a pair from a friend. Ah, mm. well, maybe when you get yours, I borrow yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Daniel, anything you want to add to um, what we know about you? Sure. Um, as for myself, the the description was pretty accurate. I'm an engineer by by trade and profession, but I like being outdoors. I enjoy being outside. Um, and I'm also very introverted. So even the topic of having this podcast was kind of like, uh, give me some time to think about it. Yeah, I was, I was gently persuaded. <laughs> okay. So, welcome everyone on the podcast. Come through Jesus with the persuasion. All right, y'all. So if you wouldn't mind, um, I like to start off each episode with just asking uh, the guests, like your your salvation story. Like, how did you come to know Jesus and get saved? Yeah, I um, grew up in a Haitian family that went to church every Sunday. Um, Haitians have this saying for Haitian kids. You grow up knowing Lakai, Leglis and Lekol. Only, which means the basically the three places you go is to church, home, and school, and that's it. <laughs> so wow, that was basically my upbringing, um, and I think my faith story is really progressive in nature. Like I don't have a specific moment where um, I felt like, you know, I heard the gospel and I went up for prayer and that's the day that I was saved. Um, but I, I really felt like I connected with God at a very young age. Um, like I felt God's love at a very young age, but it wasn't until college, maybe end of high school, um, early college where I um, understood the gospel and I understood the implica implications for me and how I'm um, just, even dealing with like self-righteousness and how Christ came to die for that. Um, mm. And so I, I understood the gospel 
then, and I think too, just throughout college was when I really also started to understand like God's love and really struggled with a lot of insecurity and habitual sin and um, just lots of areas that were broken in my life. And um, college was the time where I really experienced God's love. Um, and so that journey has, the, that journey has continued. Um, but I, I would say my journey has been more of a progression than just um, one specific moment. I did, however, go, go to the altar quite a bit um, when I was little, <laughs> just thinking like, you know, the first prayer didn't take, I'm gonna go back up. To <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's good. yeah, the Lord's been good. Yeah, um, and as for myself, I grew up similarly in a Haitian household in America. Um, yeah, I grew up going to church. I grew up, you know, only being allowed to go to certain places, mm-hmm. <laughs> such as home. And sometimes, sometimes you might be let out. Um, but as for me, um, yeah, I grew up in the church, and God has given me a brain that thinks. Uh, I don't think thinks the same as a lot of people. Mm. I see very black and white. Um, mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, I'm like, when I was about 12, I'm like, wait, this doesn't make any sense mm. to me. People talking on the stage about one thing, but when you go home or when you see them, they mm. act a totally different way than what they talked about. Mm. So it kind of created like a, uh, like a, a split, like, yeah, this can't be real. So, um, I didn't, I didn't believe it. Then also I was thinking, well, I can't see God. I can't taste God. I can't smell him. I don't Mm. even know if he's really real. I've ever been told a lot. And this is a 12 year old brain, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if I don't go to church, my mom won't let me do stuff. So I just played the role. I I went to church. I woke up. I, I did my chores. I did got good grades just so I could have enough freedom to do the things that I wanted to do so there was no real relationship with God throughout most of my childhood um but as I grew up as I you know end of high school beginning of college I started to think critically about what I actually believed about God um Mm. and I I had to come to a point where just a, a colliding of a lot of different things like all right if I don't believe in God I have to make a decision that either this all this stuff I see around me was created out of nothing or it was created by some divine being that I could not see. Mm. And one of them made more sense than the other. Wow. And then, and at the same time, um, I had convinced myself that God wasn't real, but I still felt guilty about things. Mm. And that didn't make any sense to me as well. So I, I prayed a prayer like, all right, God, I don't know if you're really real or anything, but if you are, you're going to show me. And he did. Um, and and then I started on my faith journey. And I'm here I am today, still learning and growing in a lot of ways. Won't he do it? <laughs> um, I, I think that's so good because the two of you, I don't know if you noticed, but y'all kind of um, ended your story on the same note, like just that constant progression towards, you know, um, Christianity. And I also think it's important, it's important to highlight too, that, you know, Christianity is always a journey. Like there's no end point, like you reach a certain place and it's like, okay, I got all the Jesus I need, you know, like it's, it's a constant journey. So that's good. That's beautiful. And it's, I find it really interesting too, just how God met us in different ways. Like Mm -hmm. while I was talking, I, could hear myself talk a lot more about like emotions and God's love and mm-hmm. things like that. And while Daniel was talking, he was talking more about like the in- intellectual side of his yeah. faith and how God met him in the logical ways. And, you know, God is so beyond what we can think or imagine. He can meet us with whatever questions or doubt or whatever it is that we present to him in our faith journey. He can meet us wherever that is. Won't he do it? Won't he will? (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. So I am eager to jump into these questions because I know a little bit about your story and how you met and, you know, how things unfolded. But I just want other people to know this story because I just think how God worked it is so beautiful. And just and folks just need to know. 
Um, so in your bio, I did kind of uh, talk about how you met. So you met at Gospel Fellowship, which for the folks that don't know, that is our church home, probably the best church ever. Um, <laughs> that That's uh, out of Boynton Beach, Florida. And um, but what I want to know, though, like I know you met at Gospel Fellowship, but I want to talk a little bit about your courtship. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Um, and even if you also want to like incorporate dating in there, because I know sometimes, you know, there's some differences in what dating looked like versus what courtship looked like. But yeah, if y'all could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so we met at at church um, and we we're kind of like associates. We didn't really hang out with the same um, group of friends, but I would see him here and there um, at church. And we were both a part of the prayer ministry um, when we uh, were having that back on in Saturday mornings. Um, so I would see him often there. Um, and whew, I'm trying to, all the emotions are coming back up for me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I did, did notice him. Um, and there were actually a few, there were a few moments where I had some friends point him out to me. Um, and I d never really gave it um, much thought because he's younger than I am. And I was maybe, so we've been at, at going to the same church for about seven years now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, 32 now and so that was I was in my early 20s and he was still in college and I was like I'm not dating anybody in college <laughs> <laughs> you know I just I had just started my job at um, a high school as a school counselor and so I just had all these ideas about what kind of person I wanted to date um, but I did notice him I noticed his um, work ethic and his heart to serve and he was um, always serving at church and he had um, lots of joy, which I really enjoyed. And then, and then he started growing out his beard. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's important. It is, it is important. <laughs> um, which made made him catch my eye physically. And um, but at that time, he was in a relationship, and so put those. Um, thoughts aside um, mm -hmm. and then I on my own were, was doing some other things I tried online dating and that was horrible <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but our story progressed and I'll let uh, Daniel kick in here yeah so yeah like you said we we've been going to the same church for a very long time we the first time I saw her was when we were meeting in the in the school library. I forgot what school it was, probably Crosspoint, planning a church plant. And that was the first time that I met her. But at the time, I'm not going to lie, wasn't really like looking for anything like that. I just wanted to go and serve and, and um, be part of a, a fellowship that I enjoyed that was much different from um, how I grew up. And so, you know, we were serving in the same... We were serving in the same church. Um, um, and then early in that process, I started dating somebody. Um, so when I started dating somebody, I wasn't really trying to, <laughs> like, you know, just trying to be faithful to whoever I was in a relationship with. So I wasn't looking at anybody. But I always did notice um, Mimi. I always noticed her heart for the Lord, her compassion, and how um, she cared for people. So I would always tell other people, like, man, whoever snatched her up is going to have a real a real prize but at the time i wasn't like, thinking like thinking about it uh romantically but luckily mm -hmm. god had his way in the in the in that in that plan um so yeah okay so then um there so a few years ago that relationship for him ended um and um then we started a friendship more more intentional friendship um, mm -hmm. and, um, from that friendship grew into dating, mm -hmm. um, then that led to engagement and to marriage. Yeah. So when, when I, um, ended, when we, when I ended, um, my last relationship, I was like, you know what, you know, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to serve the Lord. I'm just going to focus on my relationship with God. I'm not really trying to, trying to, um, find nobody. 
but that didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, because we were we were in prayer ministry um, together, and 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 I noticed her zeal for the Lord and um, how she cared for people, and I was just like, man, do I really have to wait that long? Like, I think I think she might be it. So I, to be honest, to be quite frank, I didn't give as much time um, between my previous relationship and um, reaching out to to Mimi. It might have been maybe two months or something like that. But and that really threw her um, for a loop because, like, in her her mind, she's like, "How can anybody get over anyone that fast?" And I wasn't previously in like yeah. a, a long. It was a pretty long time. It was a couple of years. I was in that relationship, but for me, I. I had already like had already mentally cut that off because, like I mentioned earlier, I think pretty in black and white. If in my head, I'm like, if I'm not in a relationship anymore, what is what is what is the big deal? So that was that, that yeah. was a little in the beginning, a little a little friction uh, dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, do you want to say anything more about Yeah, that? I struggled. I struggled so much because I I was interested, but I I think like you know Audrey, like girls it I would I can't speak for all girls, but I think for a lot of us it takes a long time to get over someone or to just yeah. feel after a relationship. So I was I did not believe him. <laughs> <laughs> But when he said he was ready to move on, I was like, mm, I'm going to go talk um, to some of your friends to really see what's going on. And so I was really, really nervous in the beginning. And, th- and I was scared of being hurt, too. You know, just mm-hmm. I didn't want to start something and then, oh, OK, well, I still have feelings for this other person. I, I think I was afraid of, of being hurt. Um, but um, looking back, I had a lot of um uh, turmoil, <laughs> emotional tur- turmoil at that time. But looking back, I think I'm I'm grateful that it it worked out the way it did. Um, mm-hmm. And and he's proven too that he is a man of his word in the sense that you know he he does think pretty much in black and white. And so he he was um, speaking truthfully when he said that he was ready to move on. So um, I know that now looking back, but. In the beginning, it was tough. No, I I can definitely understand that. I'd be like, sir, really? <laughs> but it's hard for women to to grasp that mm-hmm. concept because we're so emotional mm-hmm. that we have these emotional mm-hmm. ties, and it's hard for us to move on from mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. But that's that's beautiful. Um, with that being said, though, uh, you know, with you know meeting uh, all those years ago, and at that time, you know, it wasn't really uh, an intent there. To, for any for anything romantically, what role would you say then did Jesus play in your coming together, or how did how did you see His hand in orchestrating your relationship in hindsight? Mm. Yeah, I I don't I don't really believe in like the one right because I feel like there are. I don't know. There are lots of people that could get married and make it work if they have um, like a compatible personality and they have maybe same values, similar values and things like that. But (laughs) I will say that I really do think God had his hand in bringing us together, just as I've seen um, the way that our lives have joined and the way that we partner together and how our personalities match. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel like there, and I feel that way often. Like sometimes I'll just sit and think about how we got together or just the blessings that I'm experiencing now in our marriage. And I'm really grateful. I really feel like God had his hand in it um, in bringing us together. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. You asked how Jesus played a role in us coming together. Yeah. yeah, like in hindsight, you know, um, looking back, you could see like, okay, I see, I see what you did there, God, you know? Yeah, I, I think in hindsight, I can see, I can definitely see his mm-hmm. hand in it for sure. Because I think um, if I, especially helping me to work through my fear issues, my control issues while we were dating, 
all the types of insecurities that came up. I think if I gave way to to any of those, if the Lord wasn't helping me to deal with those things that I would have ran mm-hmm. um, and we probably would not have been together today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I would agree. Um, I, I do believe that like there was a process where, you know, of growth that God was kind of leading, leading us through. Um, uh, Mimi had to deal with uh, fear and and insecurity and myself I had to you know I had to like come to terms like man like in my previous relationship we did spend a lot of time together Mm -hmm. and I did um regret like wasting another person's not wasting another person's time but not fully understanding myself Mm -hmm. to the level that I should have to have realized that maybe this even though the relationship was comfortable that it wasn't the one for me or for the mm. other party so I had to like go through a process of like kind of kind of like remorse and like mm. kind of like man like what I did wasn't right because I wasn't um, particularly um, as emotionally healthy as I could have been as mm. a person so yeah I ended up apologizing um for that praying through that and growing through that and mm-hmm. that was would it have been a process that like would have come easy to me um if it were not for you know time being spent um, with Mimi and in prayer so mm-hmm. that's what I would respond to that question I'm not sure it hits it on the head but I felt like that was important to, um, to say yeah no I think it was good thank you for sharing that um one of the things that I really appreciate about your story is the fact that the two of you waited for marriage. So you basically abstained from sex until you got married. And we don't see a whole lot of that today. Um, I know from my own perspective, um, there are many cases where, you know, I know women who are, you know, saving themselves for marriage or abstaining mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but very rarely do you see, you know, where both parties have chosen to abstain and, you know, trust God and sustaining them until marriage. Would you say that marriage was worth the wait? So if someone right now is choosing to abstain because, you know, they have faith and a desire for marriage and they're waiting, would you say that marriage is, in fact, worth waiting? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think anytime someone, especially if their motive for waiting is because they want to honor the Lord and they want to honor mm-hmm. the other person that they're in relationship with and they they see sex as intimate and sacred, um, that that's never wasted. Like o- obedience to Jesus is never wasted. And so that's that good. doesn't necessarily promise um, that when you get married, you're going to have an amazing you know, marriage, but but God does bless obedience, I think. Um, And he does, whether it's just the sanctification that happens in in your waiting um, and the intimacy that is developed between you and the Lord in the waiting and the ways that you see him answer the prayer, you know, like there are times where Mm -hmm. um, I was in our dating and engagement where it was really hard to wait and asking God for help in, in that and ask and leaning on sisters to help in that um, and seeing him answer those prayers. I think, you know, you, you grow to value those moments and, and really reinforcing that God is dependable, that he hears you. And um, yeah, I just would say that obedience is, is always good in, in our relationship with the Lord. It's never wasted. Yeah. I, I would agree and- with Mimi that, um, if you're abstaining from having sex before marriage because, oh yeah, God's going to bless, bless my marriage to the, to the nth degree. Like if that's your motivation, then you're kind of missing the point. Like the, the main point is to do what God has called us to do, to, to, to yeah. obey his word, to abstain from fornication. And, and, and that was part of it. And, and at the same time, when, when you trust God in that process, like, when you're doing that with somebody else, like trying to like trust in the Lord, obey the Lord and and set up appropriate boundaries, like you building trust with that person yeah. on a level that like is. Yeah, no, it did. 
Um, well, what I want to ask then, because I know you said, you know, um, as far as like abstaining and um, being able to hold off that temptation, I think the two of you kind of alluded to, you know, prayer and just trusting that the other person are in the same boat, like have that same mm -hmm. sort of mindset. But what practical steps can you offer to people to help fight temptation? Like, like what practical things that you all actually did during your courtship process to fight off the temptation to in um, in an effort to remain pure during your mm. courtship? Well, I'll, I'll start. Um, we actually had the conversation of what we wanted mm -hmm. our courtship and dating relationship to look like. Um, we had that mm -hmm. early too. Yeah, we had that early conversation. And um, yeah, and we actually like made the decision like to, you know, not even, not even kiss during that, that whole time. I would say, you know, just being honest with the Lord about what you really can, um, what stirs up your, your lust, you know, lust in your heart and in your, in your mm -hmm. body. Um, yeah, we, we also like agreed not to, you know, stay at each other's um, place of habitation past a certain time. And we also had people, you know, checking in on us, holding us accountable to the decision that um, that we made at the time. And this is not to say that we were saints. Like we mm -hmm. have our, um, have different sexual um, issues related to our past. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not to say that we're saints, but we made an intentional decision. Like, hey, we understand that we're sinners. We understand that we're prone to to mess up. So let's let's set up these boundaries early and pray to to honor those things as we honor God through mm -hmm. through this process. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know if anyone's listening who has um, pushed the boundary further than they would have liked to, I think God is really gracious in meeting, meeting us there, meeting us in the places where we don't mm -hmm. um, quite meet our own standards or, you know, whatever conviction God has put in your heart. Um, God is faithful to meet, to meet his children there. I think if, especially if they're looking to honor him, they want to be obedient to him. I think God is faithful to, to help us um, in those scenarios as we keep showing up, you know, I think, I think we, especially for anyone who's looking to try to honor God physically in their relationship, um, it's just something you, you can't be nonchalant about, you know, um, because if you, especially if you're dating somebody you're really attracted to, like, I wanted him. Right. <laughs> like, so I'm like, yeah, we're going on dates and I'm dressing up and it's like really romantic. Like we, you can't be yeah. nonchalant, you know, about it. Yeah. Um, not that we were like militant, you know, but mm -hmm. like we, I think we still had a lot of fun in our dating, a lot of um, enjoyment. I think we grew to be really great friends, which made for a great foundation for our marriage. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that anyone who's dating who wants to honor the Lord should try to just really to keep in mind that they can't be nonchalant about it. Um, if, if the goal is to honor the Lord physically in their relationship. So long story short, our, our first kiss was on our wedding day. Come on somebody. Yes, it was. Um, and it was quite beautiful. Is that weird to say that somebody's first kiss was quite beautiful? It probably is. I don't, um, I don't think so. <laughs> so I he yeah, uh, I was probably the heathen in our relationship, Audrey. So yeah, <laughs> really I wanted to kiss him so bad. <laughs> um, and there were many times <laughs> I'm like, are you are you sure? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was an, uh, a fun, growing, um, challenging, and beautiful time. <laughs> No, that that's actually really good because I think it shows like how mature, you know, each party should be, you know, when you're when you're courting. But I think it just goes to show like 
if you're both mature in the faith and you're both like on that same level, if someone, you know, starts to be weak or fall short, then that other person can, you know, remind them of, you know, our why, like, this is why we're doing it and pointing it back to, you know, just the covenant that you made with God. Like, you know, you want to honor God in this courtship. And so, because I think it's safe to say that, you know, you can have all of these plans and, you know, come up with where we're going to draw the line, but mm-hmm. the flesh is weak, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and so I think it's, it's beautiful that what you're highlighting is, you know, when you did get weak, Daniel was able to say, listen, you know, this is what we're doing it for. This is why we're doing it to stay strong. And if he was to, you know, get weak, then, you know, mm-hmm. he can depend on you to, to come in and play that role as well. So, yeah. so that's really good. Thank I'll you for sharing that. i that, um, yeah, I don't I don't want anyone to hear that and think that that should be their goal not to not to kiss in their relationship. Like each person, you know, needs to seek God mm-hmm. about what he's calling them to do, you know. But for us, we knew that okay. it would be helpful for us because like Daniel said, we have um just different sexual struggles that we've had in our past that that I didn't even want to, you know, test those waters. Yeah. So that's going to be different for everyone and so we don't want to you know, raise ourselves up as the example, but, um, but God might be calling you to do something that you've never thought, you know, that you would need to do just for the sake of your own, um, intimacy with him and honoring of the other person and, um, yeah, to, to fight sin. Yeah. Mm hmm. And to also just be a really good example for other people. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in our stories are not for us in many cases. You know, our stories, like if we allow God to use us, you know, he's really trying to bless somebody else through us. And if we're obedient in that, like we can just really encourage people in their walk and different struggles that they're going through. Um, because, you know, that's one of the reasons that I thought about you all when I was thinking about you know, just having like when we talk about love, like, you know, there's so many different kinds of loves and marriages and how people go about doing things. And I think societally, like your story is just so far against the norm that people need to know that these types of marriages and courtships exist. And it's possible mm-hmm. with God. It definitely is possible so. with the help of the Lord, for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so um, one of one of the other questions that I have for you is, you know, you you all have been married for what? Has two it been like years, two, yeah. two years? In these two years, what would you say God has shown you about yourself in this mm. marriage? I'll I'll start and say that a lot of, I guess that some of the insecurities that came up for me while we were dating, um, that doesn't like magically go away like Daniel's a gift to me God has given him to me but all of the things that Mm -hmm. I feel like I need the things that I need to that I'm asking God to heal in my heart or the brokenness that I feel in my life or just insecurities or fear those are things that are my responsibilities to deal with with the Lord like he can't fix those things um and although he's he's been a really great gift and a really great reminder of God's love for me it's still like my healing my growth my um sanctification is still between me and the lord <laughs> that's still um something that i'm responsible for i have to find like daniel's not my security the lord is um he's he's not my mm, source you know fair. i love having a two income home but he's not my Right. Yeah, for for myself, I would say that um, um, I found out that I wasn't as patient or as a, as observant as I thought I was, as a logical thinker. <laughs> um, it yeah. really has showed me that you know, even though I, I I see a lot of things differently, I still do miss a lot of things. Um, I do miss mm-hmm. those cues from my wife that says she needs some affirmation or she needs just somebody to listen to and not to give a solution to the answer, which I see so clearly <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and I'm not, a, I'm not as patient as I thought I was um, when I'm told for the 15th time, can you put your shoe in that corner and not over here? <laughs> To me, it's not a big deal, but it's it's still teaching me like, man, like you're you're not alone in this. You have a 
a partner in life and sometimes it doesn't have to make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> um you just have yeah. to you just want to be a good partner in life to someone that you committed in front of god to to love and to cherish forever so some things you just gotta gotta let go and sometimes you have to listen while i look at my shoes in the wrong corner (laughs) Um, yeah that's that's what i've been learning that's good one thing i cannot let us end this episode without knowing is how or when did you know you had found the one you want to go first no i'll I'll go what maybe don't like to hear this but it was it was never a, oh, I found the one moment. Like, mm-hmm. like we were going through a process of seeing if we were good fits. Mm-hmm. Do our families mm-hmm. cooperate? Do we line up um, theologically? Do we line up personality-wise? Will we make good friends? Like, you have to learn that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just mm-hmm. come to you. But I would also say, like, when people say, you know when you know, it, there is that moment mm-hmm. you just know when you know and like the thought of being married to that person for the rest of your life doesn't produce any kind of anxiety mm. um or or fear like you just have a confidence like that did happen for me but it wasn't like a moment that i i could i could pick out there were a lot of a good good mm-hmm. flags that i that i noticed um yeah it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything, anything like what the average day person would categorize as. When did you know mm-hmm. you found the? My answer okay. is is pretty similar to Daniel's too. I think, um, I think he probably knew before I did that he wanted maybe, yeah, maybe yeah to that he was wanting to be committed. I think. Um, because I was struggling with a lot of fear, it took me a little longer to kind of put, let my walls down a little bit, which I think for me during that time, I just learned, you know, I just had so much, so much control, so much control issues, so many control issues, um, that I was working through. And so it took me a little bit longer, but I think just like over time seeing, the little things here and there that he would do um, to show me that he cares for me, that he is um, a man of integrity, um, the little ways that we were connecting emotionally and um, um, just even um, practically the, the ways and the values that we had when he came to money and um, family, things like that. I think just over time, um, I saw how um, we enjoyed each other's company, um, that it felt safe to be with him itself. It felt safe to, to be his friend and to be myself and to let my guard down. Um, then it just kind of fell into place then, I think. Yeah. I, I think she knew when I survived her family's interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> They were rough. They were they were rough on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations, Daniel, on on passing that hazing process. Um, one of the things that I thought about while y'all were talking was just how much marriage actually mirrors um God's love for us, and how it's just such a uh, an amazing representation of you know, his, his, the relationship that he wants to have with us, you know, you're talking like friendship and vulnerability and like, you know, all of these things that you all are talking about is exactly what God is, is calling for us. So I just wanted to get you all's input on, you know, has marriage, I guess, shifted the way you thought about God's love? Like, do you, you, do you see it differently? Like, do you see the vulnerabilities in it? Like, do you see how close God is calling us because of the experience you've had in your marriage? Yes, I would say so. I think um, I'm seeing a lot of my ugliness come out in marriage. And so um, there are a lot of times where Daniel is like, very patient with me um, and very gracious with me um, 
even in spite of maybe if I'm just, yeah, all the, the gunk in your heart comes out. You're with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. every day. And, and so you can't help but but see that. Um, and so it, it does remind me of um, God's even more patient than that, even more loving and even more gracious. Um, yeah, I would say so. I think it's kind of um, maybe similar to when people have children and then they have that unconditional love just out of nowhere. Um, and it, it yeah. reminds them of the love of the father. I think, I think we have lots of moments in our relationship where, um, where it calls us to show grace or, you know, not just the hard moments, but even like the, the moments that are full of joy and it's really great. And we're, um, connecting emotionally. I think those remind me of God's grace too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. before you get into it, like if you're a mature believer, you understand God's love, you understand God's grace and that he loves us no matter what. And you understand that and you want to model your marriage after that. But you, so you know those stuff in your head <laughs> and then, uh, mm-hmm. then you get into the close quarters and then you see the other person and yourself like for who we really are. And you're like, oh yes, unconditional love. <laughs> <laughs> Do not, mm-hmm. love holds no records of wrongs. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so you have that understanding and then when you get into it, you're like, okay, okay, this is, so this is it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to press into that mm. even farther. Um, don't be disillusioned. Mm-hmm. To just be understand like this is what it really is mm-hmm. there's nothing to be disillusioned about like you didn't marry um a perfect person mm-hmm. um but it it's good it's humbling it's um it builds character and it's fun <laughs> it's fun to it's fun to grow with somebody um that you can chill with and connect with mm. <laughs> do it jesus um i am really being blessed by this conversation and so i just want to again thank y'all for taking the time um one other thing that i want to ask you is if each of you could give just one piece of advice to singles who are struggling to trust god while they wait well i I have a couple of things that come to mind (laughs) that i'm gonna say (laughs) um i would um encourage um anyone who's um just waiting on the Lord to, to meet someone, to, to not be ashamed of that desire, that that desire is a good desire and it's God given. Mm -hmm. Um, That desire for companionship is God given. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know some, there's so many things that depending on what community you're in, so many messages that singles get from friends, from family, from the church. And so sometimes it might feel like, you know, people ask you, why aren't you married yet? And it makes it sound like there's something wrong with you as to why you're not married. And yeah, just that reminder that marriage is not a badge of honor for people who are, you know, who've made it. It's not a, uh, um, uh, yeah. a I've made it <laughs> status symbol. It's just, you know, some something that if you desire it, that you can trust the Lord for it, that you can um, be open to different avenues that he might, um, op- you know, take you down for that to happen, whether it's meeting someone in your local community or I know people have different feelings about dating online. I had a horrible experience, but I also know, I know several people <laughs> who've gotten married, <laughs> who've met online. So just, I would yeah. say to just be open and to just know that your identity is not in your relationship status. It's not a badge of honor. Um, but it, it's a blessing as well. And to just be open to what God might do and who he might bring into your life. Yeah. Um, okay. That's my good. advice would be to say, if you're single, you're fine just where you are. <laughs> and you have to, you have to grow in your, your identity with God. Because another person coming along is not gonna, it's not gonna, fix you it's not gonna make you a better person it's not gonna raise your heavenly status um (laughs) but yeah grow where you are 
and be honest. If you look, if you're looking for a partner, that's well, good. Start building your spiritual life. Start building your habits. Start building your your character into someone who is marriage material. Um, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. I I don't want to come off too rough because I do have that um, t- tendency to when I'm just speaking my mind but be honest with yourself like if you have a list be ready for someone to mm-hmm. come with a list yeah. if, if your list is serving yeah. you want to serve God humbly then look for somebody who wants to serve God humbly mm-hmm. like just keep keep the keep the measures fair and balanced <laughs> as you as you pers- as you grow yeah. in your relationship with Christ as you grow in your community as you grow in serving um one another as you grow in loving your neighbor as you grow in what god has called to do called you to do where mm-hmm. you're at in mm-hmm. your stage in life just press into that i'll add one more thing too i think i remember being really really afraid um in dating because it it requires vulnerability you know if you're going to get to know someone um and i would just um, for anyone who who is struggling with that, to just say that you can trust God with your heart, um, and you can trust mm-hmm. Him to to care for you, even though there might be some fear of getting hurt, and maybe you've been hurt um, by other people. Um, but as you, if if you have been hurt and you're going through that process of healing, um, that it's okay to take that step when you're ready, um, because really all all of love is a risk you know you're not going to enter into a relationship where there is no mm-hmm. risk even friendships you know there are people i'm like i want to be her friend but i don't know yep. if, she really like, if she's gonna like me like that <laughs> you know <laughs> so all of it is a risk and you can go in with some wisdom with some good community around you and you can trust the lord as well yeah you can trust the lord with your heart Amen. Wow. I mean, y'all, y'all have come through with all of the, the biblical courtship marriage nuggets. Um, at this point, this, this podcast could probably be, be transcribed into a book, maybe a booklet, um, <laughs> a little pocket book so that we could pull out, um, when we need some encouragement, but no, thank you so much for all of this. Um, before we close, I would like to ask, I try to, um, ask everybody how is, or has God affirmed you? Um, and this could be how he's affirmed you individually or in your marriage. Um, um, I get affirmation from the word of God. Um, just his recurring reminders that I'm loved, that I'm accepted um, by him, that I'm chosen by him, that I am his beloved. So those are things that I'm mm-hmm. always having to remind myself of um, just, yeah, in life. And so um, for okay. myself. I would say that God affirms each and every person um, as wholly created in the image of God. And for myself, like I used to see my my lack of an ability to feel the spirit as a um, as if something was wrong with me. But I felt feel like through reading scripture and listening to a lot of apologetic stuff, like. I'm I'm still affirmed, mm-hmm. but I I get to experience it differently in the way that I I, I look at the Bible, yeah. and the way that I see historical evidence and how I see um, the different arguments making sense to me. Like I've never had that ex- that experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit or having tears. Well, in time when when I was saved, but like that mm-hmm. wasn't a constant. Um, in my life but knowing that even if I don't feel it even if I don't see it every day that his word is true that history backs itself up mm-hmm. that Jesus um, lived died rose again on the rose himself up again on the third day and and that is nothing that can be denied so I can trust and have that hope um, that I have been saved and I will see um I will see the other side. Mm, <laughs> praise God. <Ooh>. All right, y'all. 
This was so good. Thank you for um, agreeing to just open up. I know in the beginning, you both kind of alluded mm. to how you were kind of nervous a little bit or hesitant to talk about this stuff. But I, for one, am just really appreciative of it. I think, you know, you you both really just opened your heart to this and just was really vulnerable and honest and straightforward. And I appreciate that. <laughs> You're so easy to talk um, to. You okay, yeah, I will to. receive that. <laughs> well, thank you. I I appreciate that. Um, so uh, I I I don't know um how you feel about this, but if listeners wanted to connect with you <laughs> on social media, um, would you like to drop your social media handles I or anything will drop like that? My Instagram. We actually talked about this before. <laughs> it's yes, music and my first name m-i-r-e-i-l-l-e on instagram um as for myself if you find me i probably won't add any strangers <laughs> that's fair that's fair enough i understand that okay cool so yeah thanks again noel family you're such a gem and i i know it's going to bless a lot of people with your heart for women and your heart for young millennials and i'm so proud of Thank you so much for tuning into the Jesus Affirms Me podcast. I hope that you are enjoying our love series to date. Man, I'm so excited about this. So excited to be celebrating love. And I want to know your thoughts. How are you loving on somebody today? It is Valentine's Day. This episode dropped on the day that we uh, celebrate love. And so I want to know, how are you celebrating love? So connect with me on Instagram. Let me know how you're celebrating love today. If you're loving on yourself, self-care Sunday. If you're loving on a spouse, if you're loving on another loved one, maybe a child, whatever the case is, let's hear about it. Let's talk about it. Let's chat it up, man. And I just hope that you really feel love today, whoever you are, wherever you are. I love you. Jesus loves you. Continue to tune in. Coming up, we're going to be talking about navigating singleness as a Christian man. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you get all of the notifications popping up, letting you know when the jam drops a new episode. All right, y'all. Until we meet, be good.